For Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2.19. Now, today I have Anna Crafty Pierce on the show to talk about one of her favorite subjects, which is we call it flashlight reading. So we're going to be talking about how to create a lifelong love of books in the hearts of your children. And we are really experts at this because my mother was a genius at it. But before we get there, <laughs> yeah, what she, your grandmother, she was great. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, uh, but before we get there, we want to thank Home Instead Senior Care for providing trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home to meet you and your family's needs. So, Thank you to Home Instead, and welcome, Anna Craffy Pierce. How are you? I am great. This topic, we, we might have to do like a whole series of podcasts on this because there's no way we're going to get it all talked about. This is so much fun. Well, we're calling it <laughs> Flashlight Read it, Readers because, and, and I don't want to forget to mention, we did a show recently called, uh, what did I call it? I called it Keeping Costumes Easy. And so I just want to mention that for people, for young moms that are thinking about the ways they want to encourage the imagination. And and one of the things we did on that show is we talked a little bit about how you can take book characters and create your kids' costumes out of their favorite book. I mean, that's a great way to reinforce reading. So don't miss that episode we did on keeping costumes easy. So, Anna, you are... Uh, a fabulous reader yourself. I mean, you were in junior high, you were, a, you'd read almost everything I'd ever read and you were wanting, like we homeschooled for a little while and Anna came in one day and asked me if her next assignment could be writing book reports on, instead of books, she wanted to write book reports on plays, Sha- William Shakespeare's plays. And she was in junior high. And I thought, I said, yes, but I thought, I told your dad, I'm going to have to go read those plays. I don't remember them. I'm not sure I've read them all. So the wonderful loved- thing, looking back at that, the wonderful thing about Shakespeare is as a kid, you don't catch all the humor. It's not until years later that I realized some of the things I'd read in junior high. (laughs) Right. Well, that's kind of good because I was a little worried. And there was a point where I just just couldn't censor your reading anymore. You'd read everything I'd ever read, and I could not keep up with you. But what I want to tell young moms, because I think this is really important, you hear uh, people bragging about how early their kids read. And honestly, Anna, we were so worried about you. in first grade, your teacher would send home notes to me about how to help you learn to read because you weren't reading. And your dad, yeah. oh, my my goodness, he was so frustrated and angry with the teacher. And so I remember going to school and saying to that teacher, I need you to understand something. Anna is made the way God wants her to be made, and I'm sure eventually she will learn to read. But she may not read as fast as everyone else, and we don't care. We want we don't want to change her. We want to give her skills, but we don't want to change her so much that she can't be who God wants her to be. 
So uh, that kind of settled things. I think that took the pressure off the teacher. I think she felt bad and was putting pressure on us. But once we got to that place, that that kind of made everybody feel better because she understood we weren't judging her lack of skills. And And at the time, at a small private school, she... I mean, they weren't equipped at that small private school to diagnose things like dyslexia, I'm sure. And, you know, then my brother, years later, decade mm-hmm. later, was diagnosed with dyslexia dysgraphia. So there's no telling what that teacher was. She was swimming upstream when it came to me and phonics. And thank goodness they did phonics at that school, so I eventually learned to read. <laughs> well, and, and that's the end of the story. By the third grade, you had, you'd gotten in the habit. You'd, you'd just taken to reading like a duck to water when you finally figured it out. Yeah. And so by third grade, you would only buy books that would fit in the back pocket of your blue jeans. And honestly, I had teachers calling me then saying to me, Anna has got to quit reading while she's walking in the line because she keeps bumping into the other kids because she's got her nose in a book. So then you, that was pretty clear that your grandmother's uh, gene had come down the family line and that you were going to be a reader. <laughs> so by, I think that was third grade that I got that call, like, tell Anna she can't read in line anymore. You know, I think part of our family's love of reading, because even my brother, who it he put forth real effort to learn to read and to learn to do yes. math numbers. And, and everybody in the family put forth effort for him to accomplish that, and his teachers and many people along the way get credit for yes, that, and that's him true. especially. But that said, even with that challenge, that he loves to read. And so I yeah. think the root, the root in our family, and the reason we blame your side of the family specifically for our love of reading, is not just that Meemaw loved to read and said that out loud to us and demonstrated it, but that side of the family, you guys love stories. That's even true. I could read, even before I knew what letters were, I was being told bedtime stories that you made up for me. And you true. would make stories out of our daily lives. We have a there's we have a deep seated love of stories that even when reading is hard, it's worth it if you love stories enough. That's true. And there's so much that can be conveyed, so much truth and wisdom and and life experience can be conveyed in a story without lecturing a child so it's one of my favorite ways and we see jesus telling parables it's just a wonderful way to communicate a wealth of information storytelling now i want to talk about this because i know you're going to laugh but my mom who is now in heaven um when we were children she would we always had a bedtime we had to go to bed at a certain time and we knew that we were not supposed to take our flashlights to bed with us. That was a big rule. If it's lights out, it's bedtime, you have to go to sleep. But she never caught us with our books <laughs> under the covers and the flashlight on. Now, can you imagine that she never caught us doing that? I don't believe it. I think she looked even the though, other way. I was going to say, even though she caught you sneaking in and yeah. she caught your brother trying not to eat his vegetables and she found the kittens that got hidden, the pregnant cat that got hidden in the closet. She never caught you reading. No, that's what I mean. She was good at catching us and everything else we did, which we were very, we were very imaginative kids. I was sitting here just kind of biting my nails as you went through some of the, as you went through some of our stories from our family, I was like, Oh no, what is she fixing to share? Yeah. The pregnant cat, that was a, that was a real doozy. We hit that cat. Mom didn't know about it for about a day. And then, okay. Yeah. There are so many stories like that. Stories. Part of the other reason you tell your kids stories, even when they're not in books, is for family history and for a love of the people who've come before us and who influence our faiths and lives. And and that then turns into a love of 
the rest of history, not just your family, and stories and books. Yeah, I love so family true. stories, but I've been told who knows about that cat? Who knows how many times in my childhood? Okay, so let's I never talk. did do it either. So maybe, <laughs> so maybe we'll the do the whole. Maybe we'll do a whole podcast on storytelling and, and parables. I think that actually yeah. is a great way to teach, and so that would be a fun, a fun episode. But while we're talking about create, what I want to do is I want young moms to know this is how you create people who love reading so much that they will take their flashlight to bed and hide it under the covers to keep reading at night. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about some of the things we did when y'all were little. And I want to I want to focus on reading out loud because I think a lot of people don't like to read out loud. It it is it wears you out. Hard work. It's yeah. Hard work. Yeah, and when you're the mom, it's like, oh my gosh, I've done everything else today. Now I have to read out loud. But you if you get to write us, that was one of the best because we were so motivated to hear what happened next. And so if you, yeah. at first it was like, if you'll read this one paragraph, and we read the paragraph, and then you read like two pages to keep the book moving, probably because you were ready to get to the end. And uh, and then you'd have us read a page, and you'd read three pages, and then we'd be trading chapters. And pretty soon, yes. Ellen and I were trading chapters, and you were just in the room with us. <laughs> Yeah, that worked really well. I'm glad you explained the system that we used because at first I was reading a lot and, and our goal yeah. was just to get through one chapter. And then later it became y'all were ta- ta- trading chapters for the whole book. Yeah. And then I would, I would get to full close or do whatever. And um, yeah. we also list, we, we're going to get down to just two minutes here. I mean, this goes so fast and it? I don't want to forget know. to mention how we listened to tapes in the car when y'all were yeah. pretty little and I, I couldn't count on you to read chapter books that we would all enjoy. I got those yeah. series. That, and I, I mean, I, I sound like an antiquarian here because uh, I would say tapes, which is exactly what we were using. Either I guess tape. we did discs and tapes and we even used tape record. Y'all, like y'all each had your own tape recorder and your own headphones. Yeah. So you could listen to the, and when I loved uh, adventures in Odyssey and I think they still make that when I met the and, one of the man that created it was a, a, guy, a recent friend I just met. So uh, I like Adventures in Odyssey. I think that's a really good one. We will listen to those. But do you remember we also got all the dramatized versions of, like, the old radio shows? Yes. You found those somewhere like Sam's in these giant boxes, and we would save them for road trips. Mm-hmm. And we listened to, like, all the old Ellery Queen. I started reading some of the books he'd written and some of the things he'd edited because of those shows. And we listened to all the, um, I guess, Chris, like all the things that have been dramatized, the, the green, what is it, the green hornet? I can yes. still hear the theme song to some of them when we start talking about them. Those were great stories, and a lot of them were based on literature. We I listened see. to The Lord of the Rings on CD and cassette, and, and you know, those were fun, too. They're saying now that podcasting and reading are two things that go hand in hand and that people that love to read also listen to podcasts and vice versa. So I think it's interesting that our we just did it because I needed something to entertain us in the car. But I think the radio shows that we listen to in the car also contributed to y'all's love of reading. Now, I want to I want to say one more thing because we're going to have to go to break on it. We've been talking about how to develop a love of reading with your kids. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what we should and should not censor, because there's a whole movement of people that think your kids should and should not read certain books. And I really want to explore that with somebody like you, who's an actual teacher and a mommy of small kids. And then you were raised in my house where I'm pretty relaxed about that stuff. So we've got 30 seconds. I'm going to say this. 
All of this material that we're getting and more, much more, is at Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F is in Frank, B is in Victor, E as in Edward.com. And you can also sign up for our weekly blogs, and Anna just fills up pages of information and ideas for us. I'm, she's such a great resource. Anna, thank you. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about when and when you, when you should and should not censor your kids' reading list. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shinbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door and the next house over is a grocery store. Hi, this is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder, but even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Craffy, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. My parents are getting older and I want to be there to help. But sometimes I spend more time taking care of them than my own family. It's starting to put pressure on my marriage, and I feel like I'm ignoring my kids. My parents need help. I need help. My mom wants to stay at home, but she honestly can't handle it on her own anymore. I've been taking care of her, but I just want to be her daughter again. I know mom feels the same way. I'm not sure where to turn. If you're struggling to care for your parents, you're not alone. Home Instead Senior Care can help. With personalized service and a personal touch, our caregivers will help your parents stay in the place they call home. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. Thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, we're back, and we're talking to Anna Craffy Pierce, who is a mom and a teacher, and she was just fixing to give us a few more ideas about encouraging your kids to love reading. Anna, I want you to do that, but before we okay. get there, I want to ask you this question. What about moms who, they have tried everything, and they're discouraged, their kids just don't seem to get it? Like, they don't, you know, maybe they can, they can read, but they don't love to read books of all kinds. I never caught my dad reading for fun growing up. And I've been, as an adult looking back, I kind of get it now. For some people, it takes more energy to read. And so it just wasn't fun for him to, to just read. He did lots of reading for work. He's very detail-oriented. He, it may never have been easy for him to learn to read. 
And so he just didn't. And then, you know, years later, now I catch him all the time. I'll be over at the house on Sunday afternoon, and he'll just walk into the living room and pick up whatever book he's in the middle of, and, and, and he loves it now. So Isn't that, and that doesn't Isn't make that? it. It doesn't it's make it any less good in his life just because he came to it later in life and the enjoyment of it. It's still this wonderful, fabulous thing for him. So yeah, you struggle and you, you give your kids as many opportunities as you can and it's just not their thing. That doesn't mean at some point it won't be a blessing in their lives, a huge blessing. Yeah, I mean, he almost started reading about the time he inherited his parents' books and they yeah. loved to read and I'm sure they wondered why he never picked it up. And, but then you're right. His work life changed, and he he had more mental and and just energy. All his for, kids were grown up. Mm-hmm. He didn't have any yeah, kids it, he yeah, anymore. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's a good point. So about the time he inherited all his his parents' books, we brought those all home to our not all of them, but many of them home to our house. Yeah. He started reading the things his parents had read, and I, and I know that would be a blessing for them if they knew it. And so I just I just think that's important to note for those moms that are really working at it and they're discouraged. They love reading. They love fiction and all those things. Now, also, together, your dad and I love to read C.J. Box. I like to throw that out there. We discovered his books just this year, and we both are, enjoy reading them. So he, we pass them back and forth. Are they action thrillers? They're action thrillers, but the man yes. has a family, and so the family okay. is kind of part of the story. And, of course, I love so, that. That's the other thing for dad. I don't know that anyone ever handed him a book that was like subject matter that he could really just enjoy and and was fun to him as a kid. I find with my kids, like with my sweet son, when we go on vacation, wherever yeah. we are, I find the used bookstore because for like $2, I can bring them a souvenir that's not a keychain. I yeah. find a book and I pick a topic that they're into. So last time we went on a trip, my son got, I found an oversized <laughs> Teachers. It's a teacher's book that, you know, you read from upside down to your classroom, so it's huge. Oh, and wow. it's about bears. And then for my daughter, I found one about rabbits. And then I brought him two others because they were all so cheap. So, and then for my daughter, I bought her a fairy book, and, I mean, it's kind of hideous. Oh. It's sparkly. It has glitter. Oh. My husband's like, you're buying her what? Because <laughs> he doesn't like glitter because it falls off and gets on things. But she loves it. She reads it to her fairy. And then my son got a teddy bear book about a little boy, and it's called Bo the Bear, I think. And old Bo Bear has adventures with his boy, and they have an Mm. imagination and dress up in costumes. And so that's, yeah, to engage them. Those are the books that they, you know, they want to read to their stuffed animals because it's what they're interested in. Okay, so we promised to talk about censoring books, and this is one of my pet peeves. There were certain books when y'all were growing up that were sort of like scandalous to Christian people, and they they were a little shocked that I was reading some of those books to you. And and I, I feel I'm kind of like a book snob, I guess. I really feel that you should expose your kids to um, a wide variety of authors, particularly when you're talking about history. If there's somebody in history that, that really influenced the culture or the globe, I think it's important for them to read that as a first source material, maybe not as small children, but by the time they're in high school, they should not be reading secondhand quotes. They should actually be reading the original book, especially if it influenced world history. But with that in mind, so one of the things I always said, in fact, I said this recently and I got it all wrong. I scrambled the name, but 
I used to tell people, well, my children read Robert Louis Stevenson and they did not become pirates. So I think we're safe. It's tricky because I it is tricky. I censored my kids' books for the first time recently. Um, and I would say, and, and mind you, this will probably be a moving line for me. I'm learning as I go. They're the only two children I have and they're the first children I have. But yeah. having read a ton myself and having had relatives who were very open about their life struggles, I would not want to expose my kids to something on purpose that would tempt them, that would that would undermine the thing in their life that is hardest for them. Ah, so, that's interesting. So that's about I, really knowing your own child. Yes. So I recently censored a book that had a ghost in it. Yeah. My daughter probably could have handled it no big deal because she knows they're not real. She has an imagination. Mm-hmm. To her, a ghost is kind of like a fairy. It just was no big deal. My son kind of obsessed about it in a way that didn't seem healthy to me. Yeah. And, and he, he started making it bigger than it was. It wasn't just like a pretend story that made our lives sillier or happier or funnier or a little spookier. It, it was starting to become a little bit of an obsession. And it was just one page in a book. But it didn't seem good to me. So that book yeah. just kind of disappeared. So I and like that. If, I like that because you're being really specific to your own child as the parent. Yes. I think you're so wise. What I what I resist a little bit is people that want to censor other families. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, yes. I, how like do I they said, know? Two children in the same family. I mean, if it was mm-hmm. just my daughter, there are other things in her life we'll censor, but I probably wouldn't have worried about that book. Well, but, um, the, and then the other, when my son gets a little uh-huh. older, I wouldn't yeah. just make the book disappear. I would look at him and say, okay, why does this book make mommy uncomfortable for you? Right. Why is this book uncomfortable for your sister? Why does it make me uncomfortable for you? And I mean, he's smart. He would have an answer yeah. for me. And we'd talk about it, and then I'd let him choose. Yeah, he is um, so smart. Particularly if he's already read the book. Now, it's a little different if you, as an adult, read the book, and you go, no, we're not even going to expose them to this at this age. That's that's different. But like with the little ghost book, he'd already read it, and he's not quite ready for that conversation. So I just it just went away. <laughs> well, okay. The, the other thing that I think, and I, this is this is me being so judgmental, but I do not like those dumb books that kind of de- dumb down a kid's imagination. And and yet I know there's lots of families that love them, and there are kids probably who that is exactly what they need to read in order to make it fun for them to read. Oh, you mean like the abridged so. version of all the classics? Oh. Or. Because I like now, some of those. Those are kind of fun. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah, that's another good example. Okay. Well, I just wanted to throw that out because I think there's a lot of yeah, discussion about hard. that among families, especially when you're in a church. You know, you can get some pushback, and, and maybe it's good to know how other people feel about it. But that's, at the same time, you really have to make those decisions for your own family and for your and own other kids. Families? I'm sorry? Other families? Oh, sorry. Our connection must be bad. Okay. Are you still there? Yeah, I am having trouble okay, hearing you, good. so you might want to speak right into the phone. Okay, okay, so I have another thought I want to ask you about. One of the okay. things that we talked about before this show that we wanted to really be sure and share with moms, young moms, is how uh, how, how you could use other skill sets to really enhance your child's ability to read and also their love of reading. And a couple of those include story writing and storytelling and play acting. All of that could give you a 
a lot of love for books because it just gives you a whole lot of more material. So if you have a child who has more interest in big body, full body motions, that's something to consider. I wanted you to expand a little bit on that because I know you have all that educational training oh, and background about learning types, Anna. I have I have so many examples in our own lives of different things you did. I don't even know if you knew you were doing them. So no, I did not. With, <laughs> you know, when we were reading, when we were taking turns reading, and we started reading little chunks, and you would read more, and then eventually we were reading as much or more than you were reading to us. We always loved it when you read. We liked when you read best because you used voices. Oh. Uh, I loved the Brian um, Jock. The Red Wall series, because all the creatures, he, he wrote those books out where you can hear the different accents and voices. Mm-hmm. I loved it when we read those out loud. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Ellen, my sister, <laughs> I was never as good at the voices, but she got to be as good or better than even you. Oh, and yeah, so she's very audio. Mm-hmm. And I think the last book we read, we were in college, and we were still reading out loud to each other on holidays. We read Pollyanna in college on a holiday, the three of us. Oh, and I treasure that because we were adults, and we we just decided we'd do it. I don't know if one of Ellen's sorority sisters had said, well, you're just such a Pollyanna or what, but somehow we got in our heads that's what we were going to read. It's a but great book. Also, I loved it as a kid. So voices, and then do you remember the time, and this is a little more about writing, but we had to do a book report about one of the Greek tragedies for either our history class or our literature class. It was just in the curriculum. We've got two minutes left. You're going to have to sum this up. And you told us we could either write a book report or do it, say all the lines, like essentially read it like we were acting it in togas, in public. We chose Barnes & Noble. Yeah, I do remember that. (laughs) And I love that play. I still love that play because of that experience. Well, that's funny. I don't remember doing it at Barnes & Noble's, but I do remember remember y'all dressing up in togas. (laughs) Wow. That's who I am all these years later. <laughs> that is so funny. Well, okay, so in closing, I just want to say there every book is a world of adventure. And so yes. using I mean, getting your imagination sparked by books, that's just like a treasure you definitely want to give your kids. And if it turns out your kids don't love reading immediately, they may be like my husband coming to it as an as an older person, but in the meantime, there's so many ways to enjoy books now with all the technology because you can also get audio books and all the radio programs are still available. The computers read to you. You don't even have to have the audio version. You just make it read to you. <laughs> and I, I want to just summarize this by saying this important thing. And I'm going to toss it back to you, Anna. You could get all this information at Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F-V-E, F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is in Edward.com. But here's what's so important about imagination. Our imagination is what fuels our ability to think about life from other people's perspectives. So that is what gives us compassion and empathy, and that is really important. Okay, you have 30 also, seconds on, on it. It's also a huge component in faith because you ah. have to be able to imagine that God loves you. You know, my favorite book is the Bible. And the way oh. you the way you visualize and imagine and relate to it and know the truth is in part imagination that God has given us. So fiction is important to that and learning to love stories. What a great way to end. Thank you for a great show, Anna. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. 
Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh.